You're tuned in to the thinking out loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you featuring author speaker and minister Michael Nimmons. We're going to be talking about the Oxford High School shooting that took place on November the 30th throughout this entire uh, edition of this week's uh, podcast, the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And um, I believe it's important to not just deal with what happened on November 30th, but we want to talk about what, what happened before November 30th, the events that led up to this shooting on November 30th, and we want to talk about the aftermath of what took place as well because all of this I believe will help us to wrap our minds around what happened and what can be done to prevent these types of shootings from happening again it's time 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 the radio show This week we put on our minister's hat and we share with you an excerpt of a message that we delivered entitled, He's Still the One. In a world where it seems we have more questions than answers, He's Still the One. Take a listen. You're not going through because God is busy. You're not going through what you're going through because God has forgotten about you. But you're going through what you're going through because because God is trying to tell you I'm still the one. Hallelujah. When all else fails, I'm still able. When all else fails, I still can do it. Do I have a witness in here? Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker and minister, Michael Nemitz. You're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. I want to welcome you to a brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And recalling this week's show, the Oxford shooting, where do we go from here? A uh, very tragic, tragic story that took place uh, on November 30th. Uh, and um, it has caught the attention of the entire nation. Uh, and unfortunately, it happened right here in the state of Michigan. Uh, young Four young, uh, young teenagers lost their lives at the hands of 15-year-old Ethan Crumbly. 
and his parents' negligence, James and Jennifer Crumley. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the families of these young people, Hannah St. Juliana, 14, and Justin Schilling, 17, and Tate Myrie, 16, and Madison Baldwin, 17, to the families of these young people who lost their lives, had very promising futures, I'm sure, ahead of them, but tragically slain at the hands of this deranged young man. Our thoughts and prayers are with you. And we decided to uh, take this week's show uh, to talk about uh, not just this tragedy that took place on November 3rd, but the larger issue of gun violence and mass shootings. Um, it is just something that our country needs to address. And we, we plan to talk about it uh, in the last segment of this week's show. Um, where do we go from here? We're going to talk about uh, the, uh, the events that led up to this shooting in uh, our first segment discussing uh, this Oxford High School shooting. You know, what could have been done to avoid uh, this from ever happening? Uh, there's negligence on the part of not just the parents, but even the school administrators. Uh, we're going to talk about that as well. And then we're going to talk about the actual shooting itself and what took place and uh, and how the young people uh, were affected by it. There's a young person's account that we have. We plan to share with you in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're going to do that in the second segment of this week's show. And then finally, in the aftermath of our discussion, we're going to talk about where do we go from here uh, the Oakland County prosecutor has decided to charge the parents of uh, Ethan Crumley with involuntary manslaughter. What do you think about that? Was that the right decision? We're going to talk about that. And, um, and what should we be doing uh, as citizens? What should we be uh, doing to try to uh, be more proactive with our children? And what should legislatures and politicians be doing to help to, uh, you know, put more restrictions on gun laws and uh, and put legislation in place to, um, you know, to to get rid of or to reduce the amount of mass shootings that take place in this country. Uh, we, we plan to talk about it. We're going to roll up our sleeves in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show and talk very candidly about this growing problem of mass shootings and what happened in Oxford at the Oxford High School. We're going to do that, guys, in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Again, we thank you for tuning in this week, and uh, uh, we are uh, very, very excited to have you as listeners, of course. And if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner and uh, you are interested in partnering with us, uh, we are very interested in partnering with you and want you to know that uh, this platform is available for you to advertise you and promote your business and your services right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Again, we talk about it each and every week. Podcasts are growing and uh, it is a global platform uh, that you are uh, introducing your business and services to. 
you know, podcasts are a growing medium and they are global and they're not limited to uh, bandwidth or limited to radio waves or signal strength. As long as you have an internet connection, you can broadcast podcasts anywhere uh, in the world and be listened to anywhere in the world as well. So, guys, if you want to take advantage of advertising on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, we hope you do. Uh, you can DM us on any of our social media platforms at TOL Radio Host MSN or send us a message at contact at michaelnimmons.com. Guys, we're very, very excited about this platform and um, we want you uh, to be excited about it as well. Again, there's a, a fertile ground here and uh, we hope that you will join us and partner with us and become one of our podcast partners. Do so right now. Send us an email at contact at michaelnimmons.com again or DM us on any of our social media platforms. We'd be happy to work with you to share your business and service right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. In addition to our discussion of the Oxford High School shooting, we have a dynamic thought of the week for you. We put on our minister's hat in this week's edition and share with you an excerpt of a sermon we ministered entitled, He's Still the One. In a world where we're trying to find answers and it seems like we have more questions than answers. We can't seem to find answers from the government. We can't seem to find answers from uh, the school districts. We can't seem to find answers from anyone, anywhere. He's still the one. And I can't wait to share this powerful thought with you at the end of this week's show. Well, guys, we've got a great show in store for you, and I can't wait to get into it. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're getting right into our discussion of the Oxford High School shooting. And where do we go from here? You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. This is Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Maya Nimmons, and I want you to listen to my dad, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Every Tuesday at 8 p.m., available everywhere you listen to your podcast, and now available on the Detroit Praise Network website. You better listen to that little girl, the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Are you looking for a better educational alternative for your child? One that'll help your child advance socially and academically? Your search is over. Welcome, Welcome to, to Redford, Redford Service Learning Academy. Academy. We proudly offer small classroom sizes. As well as student-centered achievement and academic programs taught by experienced and caring teachers. Various after-school programs including sports, access to technology, and free transportation. Free lunch and breakfast for all students. Simply visit our website or give us a call for more information. Your child's future begins today. Refined, rebranded, reinvented, reinvigorated, revived. 
the new michaelnimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new michaelnimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought-provoking experience. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. Emmy Award-winning journalist, Jimmy O'Hill. And to ask ourselves, how is it that we're trying to allegedly reach racial harmony, but we want to have celebrations of racist things all the time? Again, we can't have unity unless we agree that something's bad. And we sound even more foolish by saying... Oh, no, but we changed the meaning. Okay, they could say the same thing in Germany about a lot of things, but you don't see it because they knew in order for real healing to take place, they had to disavow all that stuff, which is why they paid reparations to the descendants of the Jews that were killed and are. That's why they did it. Apologies don't work unless you put some level of action behind it. It was my really long-winded way of saying that when I think about the national anthem, it doesn't represent everybody. Mark Cuban knew it, he talked about it. That's why they stopped doing it. And you know what? They didn't do it for 13 games and no one noticed. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Demiri Graphics. In need of a logo design for your business, then check out Demiri Graphics. Need flyers, business cards, t-shirts, or website for your business, then check out Demiri Graphics. The people at Demiri Graphics will get you right for your next business venture. They're professional, creative, courteous, and they get the job done right every time. Check out the team at Demiri Graphics. Give them a call today at 734-219-5266. Demiri Graphics, bringing your imagination to life.
What is up, beautiful people? It's your girl, Lex Devine, in the building, kicking it with yours truly, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. All right, y'all, stay tuned. I have shared previously, and I will reiterate today, that gun ownership is a right, and with that right comes great responsibility. Based on the information and evidence I have received, today I am announcing charges against the shooter's parents, Jennifer and James Crumbly. The charges are as follows. James Crumbly is charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter. Jennifer Crumbly is also charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter. On November 30th, 21, the morning of the shooting, the next day, Ethan Crumbly's teacher came upon a note on Ethan's death, which alarmed her to the point that she took a picture of it on her cell phone. The note contained the following. A drawing of a semi-automatic handgun pointing at the words, quote, the thoughts won't stop, help me, end quote. In another section of the note was a drawing of a bullet with the following words above that bullet, quote, blood everywhere, end quote. Between the drawing of the gun and the bullet is a drawing of a person who appears to have been shot twice and bleeding. As the meeting, at the meeting, James and Jennifer Crumbly were shown the drawing and were advised that they were required to get the, their son into counseling within 48 hours. Both James and Jennifer Crumbly failed to ask their son if he had his gun with him or where his gun was located and failed to inspect his backpack for the presence of the gun which he had with him. Further investigation revealed that the six-hour nine-millimeter handgun purchased by James Crumbly was stored unlocked in a drawer in James and Jennifer's bedroom. The gun recovered from the shooter at the school after the shooting was the same gun that was purchased by his father, James Crumbly, on November 26, 2021, in the presence of his son. We are back, and as we said before the break, we're going to be talking about the Oxford High School shooting that took place on November the 30th throughout this entire uh, edition of this week's uh, podcast, Thinking Out Loud radio show. And um, I believe it's important to not just deal with what happened on November 30th, but we want to talk about what what happened before November 30th, the events that led up to this shooting on November November 30th and we want to talk about the aftermath of what took place as well because all of this I believe will help us to wrap our minds around what happened and what can be done to prevent these types of shootings from happening again uh, I think it's so very important we understand that we have to be more proactive uh, when it comes to our children than reactive because we have a tendency not just as a, uh, a particular ethnicity but I think as a people of being reactive and when you're reactive most times it's too late you're reacting to something that's already happening that's taking place instead of being proactive and, and getting ahead of it that way you can prevent these types of things from happening 
in the future. Uh, when it comes to uh, Ethan Crumbly and his his parents, uh, uh, James and Jennifer uh, Crumbly, um, the the prosecutor, the Oakland County prosecutor, laid out. Uh, why not only Ethan should be charged with first degree murder, but even his parents uh, have now uh, charges have been levied against them, involuntary manslaughter charges for a piece for each of them because of their mishandling of uh, their young of their of their young of this young man uh, and the weapon that they purchased for him uh, that. Led that was ultimately used to kill four young people and wound eight others uh, at that school in Oxford. Uh, and I and, and so in this segment, in the opening segment, and you, of course you heard her talk about some of the alarming red flags uh, that were disturbing in her mind. Uh, but we want to turn your attention to an article uh, in on CNN that kind of lays out uh, the timeline that took place the weekend before the shooting uh, on uh, November the 30th. In fact, it reads, uh, according to CNN, James Crumbly bought the gun authorities believe that was used in the shooting on November 26th at an Oxford store with his son, according to Karen McDonald, the Oakland County prosecutor who was leading the case. Around the same day, the alleged shooter posted a photo of a handgun on an Instagram account with the caption, Just got my new beauty today, uh, a Sig Sawyer 9mm with a heart with heart eyes emoji, McDonald said at a news conference on Friday. Um, so here, the father took the son with him to purchase a gun. And he's 15. First of all, he's a minor. And the father is purchasing a gun. And that is, first of all, that is an adult weapon. Why are you purchasing a gun for a minor? And later we find... Uh, Jennifer Crumbly posted about the gun on social media over the weekend saying uh, mom and son they testing out his new Christmas present so his parents are viewing this as a Christmas present rather than a deadly weapon that's the first problem right there the parents don't even understand the gravity of what they are bringing they're introducing to their own son which is which is extremely dangerous and is proven to be an extremely dangerous because he used this weapon to kill four people, four teenagers and wound eight other people. And and so the, the, the article continues and during the weekend Jennifer Crumbly took her son to a shooting range a law enforcement officer told CNN and so here the parents are being very casual and very laissez-faire about what uh, many of us view as a dangerous and deadly weapon 
This is not a pop gun. This is not a BB gun that they bought. Uh, but they bought a uh, a real handgun for their son. And what was the purpose? Why? I'm sure this will ultimately come out in the trial that will follow. But why? And and those are questions that are. I mean, that's that's what I keep hearing. Why? Why? Why was this done? Why? Why did he take him to? Why did James take him to uh, a Oxford store to buy a gun? What was the purpose? What was the reason? Why was that a Christmas present? Of all the the, the the kinds of gifts that you could give your child, why was a gun something that they wanted to do? Why did they feel like a gun was something that they wanted to give to their child, their 15-year-old? So, uh, let's move on. But the, the, the article continues... As classes returned after the long Thanksgiving holiday, a teacher noticed Ethan uh, searching the web for ammunition. Hmm. He's looking for ammunition after just getting a gun with his parents uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday. The teacher notified school officials, which was the right thing to do. She did that. Who contacted the parents via phone and email, but the parents did not respond. Later on Monday, Jennifer Trumbly, Crumbly rather, sent him a text message saying, Laugh out loud. I'm not mad at you. You have to learn not to get caught, McDonald, the, uh, the Oakland County prosecutor said. Look at this. The mother... This is the mother's response to a teacher calling her to tell her that her son is looking up ammunition on the web. Now, the teacher might not have known that her son, that that this young man was in possession of a gun that he just got from his parents over the Thanksgiving break. But he was looking for ammunition and his mother treated it as if, oh, oh, you, you just, you, the, the, your only problem was you, you got caught. Not beside, aside from the fact that you were looking for ammunition. And what were you looking for it for? I, I'm, I'm, I, <laughs> I hope you guys are hearing me. And, and I think it's so very important when we are uh, discussing the facts of this of what happened um, again we talked about being proactive versus reactive and we as parents I think need to be more proactive when it comes to our children because they show us red flags all of the time and we don't always treat them like they're red flags we treat them you know, sometimes we look at them. Oh, that's not a. They're they're just they're just. Um, you know, it's not that's not serious. It's not something we, you know, got to spend a whole lot of time uh, with. Or you know, he's just going through a phase. I'm sure you've heard that that before. But if we treat it, and I'm not saying we have to treat everything like it's an emergency, but we have to be more vigilant. We have to be more proactive when it comes to our children. I hope you agree with me. I know you do. Um, and so 
Later on Monday, according to the article, Jennifer Crumbly, as I said, sent a text saying, laugh out loud, I'm not mad at you. You have to learn not to get caught. And then it goes on to say, in two videos on Ethan's phone that were recorded that night, he talked about shooting and killing students in his high school, said Lieutenant Tim Willis of the Oakland County Sheriff's Office. So he's recording videos. He's searching the web for ammunition. These are red flags that were ultimately found by the police and uh, and, and the teachers uh, in his school, but they were not found by his parents. They were not discovered by his parents. Another piece of evidence is a journal found in Crumley's backpack that details his desire to shoot up the school to include murdering students. Really? When did the parents know that? Probably not. And they were the ones who provided him with the weapon who ultimately... Became, which ultimately makes them an accessory to the crime, which is why the, the prosecutor is charging them with involuntary manslaughter. And then it goes on. On Tuesday morning, another teacher found a drawing on the accused shooter's desk that essentially depicted a shooting. McDonald said it it alarmed her to the point that she took a picture of it on her cell phone, the prosecutor said. The illustration showed a semi-automatic handgun pointing at the words, the thoughts won't stop, help me. The thoughts won't stop, help me. He's crying out for help. But no one took this young man seriously the teacher took a picture of the phone and 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 and, um and then he it goes on to say it included a drawing of a bullet with the words blood everywhere written above it she said the words my life is useless and the world is dead were also written on the drawing between the drawings, this is the way the Oakland County prosecutor saying between the drawing of the gun and the bullet is a drawing of a person who appears to have been shot twice and bleeding. Below that figure is a drawing of a laughing emoji, the Oakland County prosecutor said. And so after the the, the pictures were discovered, a meeting was set up with uh, Ethan, his parents, and the school. The distressing picture led school officials to hold a meeting with the accused shooter and his parents who were instructed to help provide counseling for their son within 48 hours. During that meeting, Ethan Crumbly had the gun in his backpack, which was not searched. And let me stop there because I'm I, as I'm reading this, I'm reflecting on my own childhood. And I remember when I was a teenager at Mumford High School, and uh, you know it was a it was neighborhood high school. I walked to school every day. Uh, this high school was located on uh, uh, Wyoming and uh, Curtis. 
and <clears throat> you know it's still there. Uh, well, the new a new school was erected. Uh, new, a new school was built uh, to replace the old one, I should say. Uh, and but I remember the school that I went to back in. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm getting ready to, to date myself, but the school I went to back in, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> the school I went to back in 1994, but back then, uh, we had metal detectors in the Detroit public schools, um, and I... As a, as a young 14, 15-year-old, 16, 17-year-old, did not really understand why we as teenagers had to go through a metal detector every day to get to or get through our school. Uh, that was the first thing we had to uh, to go go through in order uh, to get uh, to our lockers and get ready for our first class. I always always felt like that was such a nuisance and um it was so out of place in my mind because i was i you know at that age i'm not thinking about uh the implications of a metal detector inside of a high school uh you know in an urban uh, neighborhood in an urban area uh but the reason that it was there was because it was protecting the students from possible danger. Not only was a metal detector there, but we also had a mini, uh, well, a police officer. Uh, there was an office that that housed a Detroit police officer there as well. Uh, so. Uh, they wanted to make sure that the young people in the building were safe. And yes, there were altercations and fights that took place there. Um, there weren't any shootings, thank God, that took place while I was there. But there were fights, there were altercations that did take place within uh, those uh, the, within the high school during that time. But I mentioned the 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 metal detectors because I always felt that it was sending the wrong message to uh, the students of the school by putting a metal detector there uh, saying that that you are, are not safe or or that 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 this particular demographic uh, needs this device because they are more prone uh, to uh, to have this type of gun violence in their either neighborhood or in their schools, and and when you go out to the schools in the suburbs during that time and even now, you don't see those types of devices. You don't see the 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 metal detectors that they have to go through or walk through they're not there now they do they might have security officers that are in the building uh you know uh to give the presence of of safety but but young people are not walking through metal detectors to get to their classes or to get into the building um and so maybe just maybe if 
that school in Oxford, uh, that Oxford High School had a metal detector that the young people walked through, then maybe this young man's gun might have been detected. And here he's sitting in a meeting with school administrators and his parents with a gun in his backpack and nobody knew that it was there, including his parents. So these are red flags that should have been addressed. And if they were, and I agree with the Oakland County Prosecutor Karen McDonald, that if they were addressed then maybe this event would not have taken place. So there was negligence on the part of the parent. There was negligence on the part of the school because even after the pictures were taken of uh, the young man's pictures on his desk and the information uh, was shared with school administrators about the, uh, him looking for ammunition on his, on his phone or on the web, he still was able to go back to class the next day. Why? Why was that? Why was he given the ability to do that? When there's obvious red flags that suggest that he was planning something. And the uh, superintendent of that school district posted a video and said this. To say that I take am a listen. Still. Uh, in shock and numb is uh, probably an understatement. This high school is a wreck right now. Maybe the best way to describe it is uh, it's like a war zone. I'm not sure how long, but it will be weeks probably before this building is ready. Uh, I personally spoke with the governor today and she has uh, told me that she will do everything in her power to um, open up the supply chains to get us the, the resources we need to begin to put this building back in order. I want you to know that, um, you know, there's, just, there's been a lot of talk about the student that was apprehended uh, that he was, you know, called up to the office and all that kind of stuff. No discipline was warranted. There are no discipline records at the high school. Yes, this student did have contact with our front office. And yes, his parents were on campus November 30th. These events that have occurred will not define us. We will be resolved with a clear memory in how we move forward. So you see, even he is saying 
that no disciplinary actions were warranted after this young man has uh, pictures were 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 uh, drew pictures of, of of a shooting and 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 uh, and he indicated in the picture that he needed help but nobody seems to want to take the blame for what happened particularly the adults in the room and that's a problem but this I believe is a part of a bigger issue that we want to address in the closing segment of this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll save that uh, bigger issue we'll jump into in, uh, and, you know, when we talk about the aftermath of uh, this shooting and where do we go from here. But it's, it's concerning when those that are in authority, those that are the ones that are uh, administrators and those that are making the decisions are looking at this, pointing fingers at each other instead of looking within and looking at themselves and to see how they could have helped or how things could have been done differently to avoid the situation that took place on November the 30th and it's sad when adults the adults in the room are acting just as immature as the one that's the, the, the young man who is responsible for taking the lives of four young people and eight others and wounding eight others but this is where we are this is where we are. So, guys, this is just the beginning. Wanted to share with you again uh, my thoughts on what happened before this took place. When we go, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the fateful day on November 30th when this young man took the lives of four young people and wounded eight others. We're going to do that on the other side of the break. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Global advocate, Martin Luther King III. So I, I think the future is, is the, the best probably is yet to come, particularly coming out of this phase right now, coming out of, you know, the last four years of being dark and desolate. I mean, the last four years, theoretically, could cause, uh, have caused people to, to have lost faith, particularly if, if Trump had won. I think our, we wouldn't have a democracy if this man had been reelected. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show.
Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons for over 20,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Tune in today. The Thinking Out Loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Minneapolis, Minnesota to London, England, from New Zealand to New York City. Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe are the sentiment of people around the world. Dr. King was right. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We must do everything we can to continue to march, protest, and rally for justice. Let us march on until victory is won. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. For airtime, I spoke with one of the students uh, who uh, was in uh, his classroom. Shots rang out. Seventeen-year-old senior. I know you've had training on this, uh, but obviously, when it actually happens, it's there's nothing that can really prepare you for it. What what was it like for you? Uh, it was insane. Um, the very first thing in my head was this is actually happening. I'm going to text my family, say I love them, just in case if I were to die. And then after everything kind of calmed down for a second, I was able to like get my breath and kind of rationalize things. And and looking on it now, I mean, it, it must seem, what does it seem like now? Does it seem just as insane? Yeah, it's definitely going to be weird coming back, especially with knowing that people have been injured and that there are a few students who have died as well. well in, I, I'm, I'm so sorry for what you and your other, the other students went through, and, and I, I'm glad you're with your family, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk mm-hmm. to us. Thank you. Senior in high school dealing with this. Perspective now from CNN, Senior Law Enforcement Analyst. back and as we said before the break we're talking about uh this tragic shooting that took place on november 30th 
at the hands of 15-year-old Ethan Crumbly, uh, who um, shot four, shot and killed four uh, students uh, at Oxford High School and wounded eight others, including a teacher. Uh, we we thought it we we thought it was important to you know address the larger issue of gun violence and mass shooting in this country. This, of course, is not the first uh, school shooting. Uh, that has taken place in our nation's history. Uh, we, we all know about Columbine and Sandy Hook and several others uh, that have, um, you know, have taken place and have taken the lives of so many of our precious young children. And I thought that it was important to take some time during the, this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show to talk about gun violence and mass shooting and uh, and particular talk about the things that we could have done uh, uh, prevented preventively uh, uh, or prevention wise uh, to keep things like keep incidents like this from happening we talked in the first segment uh, about uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure and we are a reactive people when we need to be more proactive when it comes to situations like this and um, I, I just think that we're not as proactive as we should be and the red flags are there staring us right in the face but, but sometimes we either ignore them we don't see them or we take them for granted and that is a very sad commentary for the times but especially when it comes to our children we definitely need to be more proactive when you look at uh, the events that took place uh, leading up to and uh, uh, leading up to the shooting and the shooting itself, uh, there are a number of things that could have been avoided. There are a number of steps that could have been taken uh, to prevent this from happening. We talked about a few of those in the first segment, but as we continue in this segment, uh, talking about the chronology of uh, what took place on November 30th um, It is again a very disturbing uh, Picture that is being painted Of this young man Who took a loaded weapon Into a high school To shoot his classmates And um, there's video that has circulated On social media uh, Surrounding uh, what took place On November 30th um, he says, uh, according to the CNN article, just before 12.51 p.m., uh, Crumbly could be seen with a backpack. Uh, then a minute or two later, he exited the bathroom without the backpack, backpack but with a gun in his hand, prosecutors uh, said at arraignment on Wednesday. Crumbly then uh, allegedly began to methodically and deliberately walk the hallways and aim and, and gun down students and fire the weapon. Uh, when students began to run away, the accused allegedly continued to go down the hallway at a methodical pace and shot inside classrooms and at students who hadn't escaped. 
What is depicted on that video Honestly judge I don't have the words to describe How horrific that was According to the prosecution This continued for another four or five minutes And he went to another bathroom uh, Where deputies arrived He He set down the gun And surrendered After he had evoked uh, this, you know, minutes worth of mayhem in this at this Oxford High School, he went into another bathroom and surrendered uh, to the, to authorities. But but at that point, four young people had already uh, three three young people, I believe, had had been killed. One uh, one other person critically injured and hadn't died at that point yet. But then eight others, including a teacher, had been wounded and and countless others, of course, traumatized by what happened. Uh, here is an interview from a young man on CNN from uh, CNN's our own CNN's Anderson Cooper, uh, who was um, in in the school when Ethan Crumbly. Uh, was walking up and down the hallway shooting into classrooms. Here's his account. Take a listen. Shortly before airtime, I spoke with one of the students uh, who uh, was in uh, his classroom. Shots rang out. 17-year-old senior named Aiden Page. Aiden, thank you so much for for being with us. I understand you were in your classroom right before class began when, when you heard something. What happened? Um, we heard two gunshots, and then after that, um, my teacher ran to the room, locked it, we barricaded, and then we covered the head- windows and hid. Did, did you know they were gunshots right away? Um, I just heard two bangs, and then I saw my teacher um, run into the room, locked down, and I was like, okay, this is a shooter. So your teacher really reacted very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. what, what happened? Guys, I understand there was another teacher in the room as well. Yes. Another teacher uh, entered just to grab some hand sanitizer real quickly. And then the shots came off and then she ran in. And I understand she called to her classroom because she couldn't get back to her classroom. What happened with that? Um, basically, she was like... Can anybody, does anybody have a freshman in my class? And then a student did, and then she used her phone to call him. So she got the, the phone number of a freshman in her class from a student in your class. Um, yeah. And, she, and then she was, what, trying to give instructions to her class about what to do? Um, the class basically went into the lockdown already, Um there was a student injured, and she was kind of instructing them and supporting them as well. So a student had been had had been shot in that classroom. Yes, he was shot in the leg. Wow! And how long were you in lockdown for? Did you hear anything while you were in lockdown? Um, there was general announcements being made throughout, and we were locked down for about an hour. So what, the, the two shots that you heard, or what you believe were shots, is that the only sound of gunfire that you heard? Um, there may have been other gunfire, though those were the most memorable to me. 
And we're looking at a picture that you took of what looks like a bullet hole with a lot of chairs piled mm-hmm. up. What is that image of? Um, there was, we made this barricade and there was a bullet hole that shot through our door. So the sh- shooter was close enough to actually shoot into your classroom through, uh, through the door. Uh, yes. Wow. You know, when, when you say you went into lockdown, what actually did you do? I mean, obviously you're in a classroom and I know you've had training on, on this. Do you, do you try to hide in different places? Do you try to, what's the instruction? Basically we lock the door. We have this jammer called a night lock. We barricade it as best as we can. And then we try to hide. And I understand students, some students who are trying to arm themselves with whatever they could find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, uh, we grab calculators, we grab scissors, and just in case of the shooter got in, and we had to wow. attack them. I, I can't imagine being in that situation for, I think you said it was like an hour or so, standing there with a calculator thinking you might try to use that as a weapon or a scissors or a book. Um, how were the other students reacting? Um, some were crying. Um, some were trying to support others. Um, others were trying to come up with some ideas to possibly counter them just in case. And, and I know you've had training on this, uh, but obviously when it actually happens, it's, you know, there's nothing that can really prepare you for it. Mm-hmm. What, what was it like for you? Uh, this is insane. Um, the very first thing is, in my head was, this is actually happening. I'm going to text my family say I love them just in case if I were to die. And then after everything kind of calmed down for a second, I was able to like get my breath and kind of rationalize things. And mm. in, in looking on it now, I mean, it, it must seem, what does it seem like now? Does it seem just as insane? Yeah, it's definitely going to be, weird coming back especially with knowing that people have been injured and that there are a few students who have died as well well in i'm i'm so sorry for what you and your others the other students went through and and i'm I'm glad you're with your family and i appreciate you taking the time to talk to Mm -hmm. us thank you senior in high school dealing with this perspective now from cnn senior law enforcement analyst And so you see how, you know, dangerous this was. And and listening to this young man uh, describe the events that took place and how he said that, uh, you know, his first thought was to text his mother and father and let them know that he loved them uh, just in case that was his last opportunity to do so before he died. Uh, Thankfully, this young man did not die, was not um, uh, gunned down by uh, this uh, deranged young man, Ethan Crumley, uh, but was able to describe the events that took place and 
Um, according to this young man's reports, he says that the school had prepared the young people for events like this, which is which is sad and unfortunate. But there is there is some proactivity going on in the school. Uh, they're preparing preparing their young people for active shooter type uh, events or occurrences, uh, and and so the young people. Were were prepared to a certain degree for uh, these types of events. But as I said earlier, um, there is, you know, when this young man is is showing signs right in front of not just his parents, but teachers and administrators that something is going wrong and and at the very least, this young man was not removed from the situation he wasn't suspended he was not uh you know there there was a meeting that was that that was held but afterwards he was he he was sent back to school you know why was he able to go back to school after he had displayed that type of uh behavior in front of in front of teachers and administrators in the school that did that would have given me pause i would have had, i would have had to say well maybe he you know maybe you need a couple days to think about this maybe you need some time off you know that 48 hours that the parents were given to get him counseling should have also been the time he he needed to maybe be away from the property to get the help that he needed so that he could return in the right frame of mind. And maybe it would have took more than just a couple days, but at least you were removing him from the school that he said or he had written that he was going to uh, going to shoot up. And maybe just maybe those four lives would have been spared and countless other lives would not have been traumatized because of what took place on November 30th. That's just that, you know, that's what I that's all I'm saying, because we have to we have to I mean, we have to be able to be adults about this. We have to be able to 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 talk uh Candidly about what happened and how we can prevent this from happening again, because history has has told us that these events are going to happen and and will continue to happen. But that doesn't mean that we have to continue in the same way that we have been in the past, because we can take a different approach we can be more proactive we can be we can do the things that are necessary and needed to protect the lives of our young people because they are not just our future they are our right now i believe that wholeheartedly and i believe that if something and someone took the time with this young man and sat down and talked to him about life and asked him what was going on in his mind what was taking place that maybe just maybe we wouldn't be doing a show about another mass shooting 
that maybe just maybe his parents would not be charged with involuntary manslaughter. Maybe just maybe there of uh, the the families of those four uh, young people that were slain because of this young man's uh, 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 shooting, they wouldn't be burying or making burial arrangements for their for those students, and eight others would not be in the hospital. And others, many others, traumatized because of what took place on November 30th. It's, 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 it's really sad to, uh, when you think about what, took, what happened, what took place. And um, we've got to do something. We've got to be able to do something. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the next segment. We're going to take another break, guys. When we come back... We're going to talk about the aftermath and the implications of what happened and where do we go from here. We're going to do it on the other side of the break. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. We'll be right back. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Dyson, and when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Vision. Should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister Michael Nimitz. Vision is an insightful, thought provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision. Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. Vision. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. Refined, rebranded, reinvented, reinvigorated, revived. The new MichaelNimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new MichaelNimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought-provoking experience. Don't, 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 don't. 
talking about the Oxford High School shooting and where do we go from here we opened uh, the show talking about uh, the after or not the aftermath we're talking about that in this segment where we're talking about uh, what happened or the events that took place leading up to uh, the shooting on November 30th and the red flags that were you know blatantly in the faces of not just his parents but even the teachers and school administrators and you know even though a uh, meeting a meeting was 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 uh, arranged with his parents and Ethan to sit down with the school officials to discuss what was taking place and uh, you know there was uh, a a plan for him uh, to you know, or, or a suggestion or recommendation uh, put in place for him to see a counselor within 48 hours, uh, he was still able to come back to the school with the weapon and wreak havoc on that school. And from my understanding, the school is in disrepair. It is, you know, it looks like a war zone from what I understand. And, uh, you know, it won't be. Uh, ready for school for students to go back for a number of days and I'm sure many of them are not even in the right frame of mind to even go back to uh, the school at this point and and it's understandable um, and you know in this in this segment we're talking about the aftermath of what took place and uh, his parents Jennifer and James Crumbly uh, have now been charged with involuntary manslaughter um, they were uh, on the run and uh, according to their attorneys uh, they were uh, in a pro- getting ready to turn themselves in but um, a be on the lookout order was put on was put out there uh, for them and uh, they were arrested uh, on uh, uh, December the 4th found in I believe a garage or someplace that they were they may have been hiding and there were reports of them withdrawing uh somewhere around $4,000 from uh, their bank accounts. Who knows what they were going to do with that money and it sounds to me like they were getting ready to leave the state uh, if you know they were pulling out that kind of money. <clears throat> you know, they weren't just doing that uh, uh, because they were strapped for cash. It sounds to me like they may have been trying to flee the country, not just the state. Uh, but nevertheless, they were arrested and uh, they have been arraigned 
uh, and you know the, the defense attorneys were vehemently trying their best to uh, get the judge to grant bond of a hundred thousand dollars, which ten percent of it uh, they would pay and they would be released. But because the judge believed, uh, the Oakland County prosecutor believed, and the judge agreed that they were they were a flight risk, uh, that um, they were going to have to pay five hundred thousand dollars. Bond was set at five hundred thousand dollars. Uh, in cash, uh, and if they were not able to do that, then they would just sit in jail until they were uh, until their next hearing. And so, um, you know, that means that you know they would have to come up with a million dollars for both of them to walk out of uh, the jail because. You know, because they uh, did not voluntarily turn themselves in after those charges were filed against them, then uh, they, you know, they were considered to be a flight risk. They were arrested, and the judge uh, felt like, you know, for the safety of, you know, the public, that they needed to be in jail. And I totally agree with that. Uh, and because of their reckless behavior, um, you know, and not just the events leading up to the shooting, but what took place even afterwards, you know, uh, I think that this is the right thing to do. And they've been charged with involuntary four counts of involuntary manslaughter, serving up to 15 years in prison if found guilty. And, um, you know, I. I uh, <laughs> I applaud Oakland County Prosecutor Karen McDonald for uh, setting this kind of precedent because you really haven't heard of this uh, in any of the other high-profile cases like Colin, from Columbine to Sandy Hook, the parents of uh, these you know young young men uh, who or, or you know who were responsible for taking the lives of uh, these children and young people. You know, many times the parents are not uh, charged formally by the police or the prosecution. Uh, the parents uh, are, are pretty much, you know, become uh, the the uh, <clears throat> the ones that just uh, you know get off in many cases scot free. Um, but Karen McDonald decided that the parents should be held accountable, and I also saw. Uh, reports that some school officials might be held accountable as well. There might be charges filed against the school because this young man was allowed to go back into the building after, uh, you know, not just a meeting, but after uh, material was found uh, that that raised concern about what he might have possibly been planning uh, to do there. And and I think those charges might be warranted. So uh, this 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 case sets a, a, a several precedents uh, in in my mind. And Karen McDonald really wants to show, uh, you know, make an example of not just this young man Ethan Crumley, but even his parents. That you have you you were negligent that you were irresponsible 
in the way you handled and the way you're raising your son. And because of your negligence and because of your irresponsibility, lives were lost. And I was watching the arraignment of, uh, you know, the, the two uh, parents and Jennifer, when those charges were being, uh, uh, the judge was, was, was you know, uh, reciting the charges to her and she was responding you could hear the remorse in her voice she was crying you know she was choking up but you didn't hear that in the in the father's voice he didn't sound remorseful he didn't sound emotional at all but these are serious charges involuntary manslaughter you're essentially they're, they're, the prosecutor is essentially making you equally responsible for the deaths of the young people that lost their lives as a result of this young man shooting them on November the 30th. And we're calling this show, Where Do We Go From Here? Because this isn't the first uh, mass shooting at a school uh, this year. According to Wikipedia, there have been two uh, school mass shootings um, this year alone. Uh, but this isn't, this hasn't been, uh, this isn't a, a uh, a first-time occurrence in our nation's history, because again, we've we've seen this happen before. But but something has to be done. Something has to be done. And this case itself has gotten national attention. Um, and I just want to read to you some of the the tweets that I've uh, come across on social media uh, because of what is taking what is taking place. Uh, comedian uh, D.L. Hughley, uh, who um, you know is very outspoken when it comes to social issues, criminal justice reform, and the like. Uh, he 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 had a, he put out a, 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 a series of tweets about uh, what happened. So he said, "Wait a minute, you let." The, this little monster you raised go to school and slaughter this class, slaughter his classmates, but you run because you fear for your lives. He's talking about uh, James and Jennifer Crumley. Then he says, "Just think if hashtag Karens and you know who the Karens are. Karens are the the the, the white women who." Uh, you know, always want to accuse black people of being in the wrong place at the wrong time or doing something they're not supposed to be doing. So, if the quote, if the hashtag Karens ask to see their kids' book bags uh, like they ask to see black people's IDs, we'd have f- fewer school shootings. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? And so, and then here's something else he says: in almost every state. There are laws called dram shop laws that impose criminal penalties to bartenders who serve patrons who are drunk and then go out and commit crimes. Why should a dude behind the bar at Applebee's have more responsibility to society than parents? Woo! Now that that tweet right there preached. That would preach. 
why would a dude at Apple, behind the bar at Applebee's have more responsibility and culpability than parents? And this, the guy in the Applebee's bar serving drinks, most times don't even know the patrons that he's serving. But in, in the case of the, I mean, but the parents are raising these young people. They're living under their roof, eating, eating the food that they provide. And 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 uh, and you mean to tell me the parents are not culpable? The parents are not responsible for what for what they little boy did, what Johnny did. That's ridiculous. Uh, Bakari Sellers, who was an attorney and a CNN correspondent, he uh, tweeted uh, Jane. Well, well, he was retweeting and responding to. Uh, a uh, tweet from uh, uh, Shimon Prokupes uh, on Twitter. James and Jennifer Com- Com- Crumbly, parents of accused Oxford High School shooter Ethan Crumbly, withdrew $4,000 from an ATM in Rochester Hills, Michigan on Friday. And, and Bakari said, $4,000? My bank would have locked my whole account up. If I tried to withdraw that much, <laughs> and, and and you know we can't help as as black people, uh, but look through the lens, uh, uh, you know through our through our um, we can't help but look uh, through our own lens uh, when it comes to uh, what happens. Uh, in cases like this, because we know we we would be treated much differently, and and that is true, very true. Uh, but you know, again, I think that the Oakland County Prosecutor Karen McDonald is doing uh, what needs to be done when it comes to charging not just Ethan Crumbly with first degree murder. But even his parents, because of their negligence and irresponsibility with involuntary manslaughter. I think that is, um, you know, again, she's setting a precedent and letting parents know that you are responsible for your child. You're responsible for the actions of your child. And, uh, you know, Governor Whitmore also uh also tweeted out something that I, I want to share. Uh, in the days ahead, the community of Oxford should remain at the top of our minds. We must continue supporting them, not just with our thoughts, words, and prayers, but through our actions. And I think that's important as well. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the families of those victims uh, and, and loved ones that have been impacted by this young man shooting on November the 30th. Again, um, we, we just cannot imagine what you're going through at this time. I know it is a difficult time for you and our thoughts and prayers are with you. Um, MDHHS, uh, the, the Michigan Department of Human and Health Services, tweeted out they're making mental health resources available at no cost to families affected by the Oxford High School shooting. 
We encourage all families to seek mental help if needed. For help, call at Oakland CHN at 248-464-6363 or their resource and crisis helpline at 800-231-1127. That's 248-464-8363 or their resource and crisis helpline at 800-231-1127. We just wanted to share uh, some of the information that was been put out on social media uh, regarding this. Again, um, you know, we're not reveling in anyone's misfortune uh, at all, but uh, I think it's important that we have this conversation because uh, it, we, it's definitely needed. Um, you know, the, the, the larger conversation we need to be having is about gun violence, about mass shootings, and how we can stop this type, these types of events from happening. And not just on uh, an individual level, but uh, even on uh, a collective level when we talk about uh, national legislation uh, and, and what needs to happen in Congress and in the Senate and from the president's desk. These are all individuals that are involved, equally involved, because uh, John Don said it best, no man is an island entire of himself. Every man is a part of the continent and a part of the main. If a man dies, it diminishes me, for I am involved in mankind. Therefore, never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. This is a call to action for each and every one of us that we need to uh, do our due diligence to make sure we're doing our part on whatever level we are in this society to make sure and ensure that these types of events do not happen again. If you're a parent uh, or guardian, you need to be more proactive when it comes to your children. You need to know what's going on. You need to be doing homework with them. You need to be finding out what, you know, how, asking them, how was your day? You know, if they're not sharing with you, if they're not talking to you about this on a regular, you need to be vigilant and, and, and go into their rooms and be investigative uh, and reporters or whatever you need to be and do, not just for their safety, but for your safety and the safety of others. Uh, if you are a legislator or a politician uh, on any level, you need to be working on legislation and and changing the policies when it comes to gun laws. Because this this father James uh, Crumley just walked in to a Oxford store with his son and was able to purchase a handgun that his son ultimately used to kill four people and wound eight others. Something is wrong with that picture. The parents were obviously not in a good place mentally to even understand what they were doing and what they what their son was doing they didn't even understand the severity of the weapon that they that they have were introducing to their 15 year old son and so uh, the legislatures need to be working on how we can address this problem of mass shootings in this country because this is getting completely out of hand our all lives matter and and our 
are important and we need to figure out how we can address this. Uh, everybody does not need a handgun and you should not be able to just walk into a store off the street and purchase a gun without any uh, uh, any investigations, without any, uh, you know, somebody looking into your back, any background checks or anything of that nature because, you know, everybody doesn't need to have a weapon. You know, I know people tout the, 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 the Constitution and the, the right to bear arms is one of the Bill of Rights and whatnot. But, uh, you know, everybody doesn't need to have a gun. Everybody doesn't need to have a weapon because everyone is not responsible. Everyone does not know how to handle themselves. So I believe on a legislative level that uh, policies need to be placed, put in place, laws need to be made in order to address this problem of mass shootings. And that's why this platform, I think, is important for us uh, as podcasters, as influencers to get the message out and get the word out. Uh, so that we will, we we can remind our listeners of how important it is uh, that 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 we be active and proactive when it comes uh, to these types of issues uh, and I, and a blend, and again that that I believe matter to you and to I. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the families of the victims of this senseless. Violent act that took place on November 30th. Uh, Hannah St. Juliana 14 and Justin Schilling 17 and Tate Myrie 16 and Madison Baldwin 17, who are the young teenagers that lost their lives very tragically at the hands of Ethan Crumley. Um, and um, yeah, I, I just, uh, yeah, again, our thoughts and prayers are with you. Just know that earth hath no sorrow. That heaven cannot heal. Guys, we're getting ready to take our last break. But when we come back, we're going to give you our thought of the week. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Author and professor, Dr. Peniel Joseph. You don't have to be Team Malcolm or Team Martin. I think you should be both. You know, so I think the black community needs both. I think that King is much more revolutionary and radical than the public perceives him to be. And I think Malcolm is, is a much more um, brilliant and, and, and um, courageous individual who can be radically pragmatic and revolutionarily pragmatic to save black lives while trying to defeat white supremacy than people give him credit for. So um, that's why I try to show Malcolm is absolutely this prosecuting attorney, but he's also Black America's statesman, too. He's going to the Middle East. He's going to Africa. Um, he's schooling the young Cassius Clay before he's Muhammad Ali on what Africa means, you know, what his identity means. So 
I think I put them together because I thought there was much more convergence than divergence. And I think when you frame them the other way, you hurt um, understanding of the movement. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95, or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. What's cracking Planet Earth? It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemitz. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Of a message that we delivered entitled, He's Still the One. In a world where it seems we have more questions than answers, He's Still the One. Take a listen. You're not going through because God is busy. You're not going through what you're going through because God has forgotten about you. But you're going through what you're going through because God is trying to tell you, I'm still the one. Hallelujah. When all else fails, I'm still able. When all else fails, I still can do it. Do I have a witness in here? Hallelujah. Oh, oh, people of God, as I bring this message to a close, it's in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our tribulations, that we've got to have the audacity to declare to the enemy that though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That God is still the one. God is still able. God is still the one that's 
able to deliver me out of whatever problem I'm experiencing. God is still the one that's able to deliver me out of my trouble. God is still the one that's able to bring my family back together. God is still the one that can repair broken marriages. God is still the one that this world needs to bring to turn this nation back to God. God is still the one that can do anything but fail. God is still the one that we need more than anything else. God is still the one that's the supplier of all of my needs. God is still the one when my mother and father will save me, then the Lord will take me up. God is still the one. He's still the one. Look at that neighbor and say he's still the one. Hallelujah. God is still the one. I don't, hallelujah. I don't care how the devil tries to fuss and fight. I don't care how, how intense the trials may be in your life. I came here to tell you on this morning and to remind you I don't care what's going on in the White House. God is still the one. I don't care what's going on in Connecticut. God is still the one. I don't care what's going on in Lansing. God is still the one. I don't care what's going on in City Hall. God is still the one. I don't care if we fly off of this fiscal cliff. God is still the one. Do I have a witness in this place? Hallelujah. Oh, the last time I checked, he's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and he's the ending. He's the first and he's the last. Hallelujah. Without him, we would fail. The Bible tells me that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Is there anybody like that in the building? Does anybody know that God is a healer? Does anybody know that God is a way maker? Does anybody in here know that when you're down, he'll pick you up? Does anybody in here know that he's a deliverer? Does anybody know that he's still the one? Oh, he's still the one. He's still the one. He's still the one that our children need. He's still the one that our young people need. He's still the one that the leaders of our nation need. He's still the one that the people in Connecticut need. He's still the one that the president needs. He's still the one that the Democrats need. He's still the one 
and the Republicans need. He's still the one that the homosexual needs. He's still the one that the criminal needs. He's still the one that the alcoholic needs. He's still the one, hallelujah, that the thief needs. He's still the one. 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 Hallelujah. Are oh, y'all not excited enough for me? Well, when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's brought me through, all where he's brought me from and where he's taken me to, I get excited because I know that he's still the one. I know he'll make a way out of no way. I know there is nothing too hard for God. I know that he can do it all. I know he's a healer. I know he's a provider. I know he's a door opener. I know he's a wheel in the middle of a wheel. I know he's the El Shaddai. I know he's the Elion. I know he's the witch is, the witch was, and the witch is to come. I know he's still. podcast centered around the shooting at the Oxford High School. I hope that this message blessed you and you know now more than ever that Jesus Christ is still the one. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Again, shows like this are, are one of the reasons why we have this platform. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in. And uh, we hope that you learned something out of and got something out of the discussion that we had this week. Of course, um, you know, this is all a learning process for all of us. Um, I'm not saying that I have all the answers and I'm not saying that at all. And that's not the reason that we're doing this show, but it is just one of many uh, methods uh, of us to get our thoughts out about what took place and how we can begin the healing process and move forward uh, and try to to prevent these types of occurrences from happening again. Well, guys, remember to tune in next week. We're going to have another great show in store for you. 
I thank you again for tuning in. And as always, remember, as we get ready to get out of here, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. Thank you for listening. That man's an imposter. That man is the imposter. Thank you for tuning in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. To get more info about the show and the ministry, visit michaelnemons.com. Want to book radio host Michael Nemons for your next special event? Send an email to contact at michaelnemons.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 p.m. for the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you.